Welcome back to another edition of the A-Sun Game Day Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jordan Griffith, joined once again by William Hall and Mike DeVader. And we'll be joined by someone else a little later on in the podcast. We have a special guest, A.W. Hamilton, EKU's men's basketball coach, joining us on today's podcast. Guys, our first guest since Ted Gumbart, when we first started this thing, way back when, it feels like a couple years ago at this point, but uh, we had a lot of great conversations with him today. Don't want to tease too much, but... Uh, yeah, a spirited individual. <laughs> yeah, spirited. That's 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 a good word. He brings a lot of energy. I mean, he's great to talk to. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he, he's he's got him playing well right now. I mean, probably if not the best team yeah, we'll right get to now. That too. Uh, he's, he's, they're out the there. The top seven, which was, I mean, a huge discussion last week. I mean, yeah, I'd put them higher. They're at yeah, the, they're at the top. Yeah, end they don't of look the top so stupid seven. after after last week, huh? I mean, hey, I'm late to the party. But but you're there. I'm in the building. In the you building. can definitely see why they're playing. Why they're playing good. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's get into our Ace Sun analysis. Let's talk about some men's and women's game from the last week. Just off the shorthand. First of all, starting off with the men's Kennesaw State, 81 to 68 over Jacksonville. The game of the week that we highlighted last time around. Kennesaw State comes out on top. Then they went 86 to 72 against North Florida. EKU winning 97 to 76, much like we just mentioned, and then beating Stetson by 15, 85 to 70. Queens 107 to 78 win over North Alabama, a eye-popping stat line there. Bellarmine beating FGCU 61 to 41, so the Knights, defending champions, getting throwing their hat back into the ring. And for women's basketball. North Florida beating Liberty 68 to 58. Awesome P with two wins over JSU by four. And then Kennesaw State 65 to 59. Kennesaw State also getting the win in a game that we highlighted last week. 71 to 53 over Lipscomb. Maybe one, at least not a score that I don't think a whole lot of people saw coming. UNA winning 60 to 57 over Stetson. Bellarmine 85 to 77 victory versus EKU, where Merkel did her thing. She's been doing it all season long. Queens winning 80 or 68 to 53 versus UNF, getting their first A Sun Conference win on the women's side, and FGCU dominating UCA 86 to 31. So a lot to unpack there. Let's start off with you, Mike. From this weekend, from last Thursday's games, what stood out to you the most? Well, just just kind of looking at it from a, a macro point of view, from the the wide angle. I mean, it's it's Gracie Merkel. I mean, I just... I can't believe we've gone. This is our third episode, and we haven't said her name yet. It's Gracie Merkel. I mean, we can go through the standings and talk about team performances that we didn't see coming or surprising teams that are doing better than what we thought in the beginning of the year. But I think we got to look at Bellerman and what she brings to the table, regardless of what team she plays. Right now, I don't think anybody has any answers for her. And we're going to talk about her a little bit more because she was... Uh, a recipient of some things from the conference. So she's done very well in her first season there at Bellarmine. And obviously we have FGCU continuing to roll. But right now, I think the most dominant force in women's basketball in the A-Sun is Gracie Merkel. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. And I'll stick with women's basketball. I think what I learned is, again, looking at Queens women's basketball, getting on the board. You can see it on our board up here beating North Florida, getting that first Division One win for women's basketball that is no small feat we'll see how they can improve and maybe get that one marquee win to spark your season i think that could possibly be the case for queens women's basketball we will see it's almost anyone's race outside of the top spot as of right now 
And that brings me to my other point, consistency. It's going to be so key for women's basketball because you have teams like Austin P, who just got two big wins, but then the one before that, they lose to KSU. KSU the other way around. They lose to Austin P the second time around, and KSU is a team that we thought after beating Lipscomb was going to be one of those top teams, and then you have a loss. It seems to be rinse and repeat EKU, obviously dropping some games consistency who's going to be able to keep up with FGC there at the top night in and night out that's going to be my biggest takeaway yeah I mean uh looking at women's basketball I'm I, I still think that Kennesaw State's one of the better teams yeah I, um, I agree I, I, like we talked about last week that Lipscomb game was kind of on my mind and they surprising right yeah they uh, went I mean, and did exactly what I was thinking that they were able to do they pulled it off 53 points. Yeah, they did. Um, they stumbled against Austin P, but I mean, that game, it came down to it. I mean, Austin, Austin P is a good team. I, I think Kennesaw State's one of the, one of the better teams. Um, they're, to me, they're putting it together. Speaking of teams putting it together, on the men's side, I, I've already stated, I'm, 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 I'm late to the EKU party, but I'm, but I'm here. It's a Colonel podcast. I, I, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that they uh, have their last three games. Liberty, FGCU, Stetson, they're playing great. The one thing that I, I do want to see is if they can um, – they're headed on the road. They're, they got a matchup coming up against Lipscomb, yeah. against Austin P. So, you know, they're 9-1 at home, 2-5 and five on the road this season. So trying to um, see what they can do, taking that momentum that they've got from beating, you know, throughout the season – Three of the top teams in the conference, they've knocked them off. I mean, I know they lost to Kennesaw State, so that's their one blemish in conference play. They also stopped a pretty good Queens team, so they've been good here early in conference play. Um, so seeing them go on the road is what I'm looking for. And also, I know they just stumbled to EKU, which I think arguably is one of the hottest teams, or if not the hottest team in, in, in uh, men's basketball right now. I don't think Stetson is going anywhere, though. I don't think that that right. loss to EKU means that we can just say, oh, the Hatters aren't what we thought they were when we talked last week. No, um, they're legit. Yeah, they're still legit. I, I, so I, I don't um, I don't see them going anywhere. I think they're still in the mix. They took a loss to a, a good team, and but I don't I personally I don't I'm right. not writing them off right now. Yeah, and that was my other takeaway from the weekend is that EKU jumped onto the short list. We talked about it last week. Well. I'll give myself some credit. I talked about it last week. I thought that they were one of those elite teams, maybe a yeah, top about two four. weeks ago, where you said you think they, they could be they could be number one, they could be the best team. And uh, you know, I, I did. I, and I, then last week I doubled down on. I said did. I would put them two or three. I, I remember two yeah. or three. Yeah, yeah. you could decide which one. You I don't remember, but they were one of the two. Yeah. two or three. Well, yeah, yeah, they're up there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I think uh, maybe later on someone else is going to agree with me. I, I don't know what it is, but undoubtedly you mentioned it. Their resume is better than almost anybody else. They've played such a tough schedule, and they've looked great against every single opponent. Kennesaw State is the only game that they lost. That was a game where they came back there at the end. That's your only loss on the road to Kennesaw State. What was that? I think an eight-point loss, something of the sort. 79-75. Yeah, I mean. A four-point game against a team that doesn't lose at home. Right. A team with a 10-game win streak yeah, at home, you right. lose by four points. Moreno went with 20-plus, and Bland didn't even really get going in that right, game. That, so, that, yeah. And 
you have so many different ways to win. And we talk about that with Coach Hamilton. And I don't want to divulge too much in our conversation. I want some people to stick around and listen to it. But a team that's running two freshman guards, Leland Walker and Tayshawn Comer, Michael Moreno returns. Blanton is having another incredible season. Cooper Robb is one of the biggest thieves in the A's son. Steals the ball. I mean, steals, seems like he has four or five almost every single game. This Colonel team is primed for a postseason run. They have so much talent and so much depth, and they can win in so many different ways. I love this EKU team. Not only are they exciting to watch, most exciting 40 minutes in sports, hmm. they're incredible, they're deep, they're smart, and I think that they have the potential to win this whole thing. How much do you have to pay every time you say that? I don't know. He said he he said he ripped it off a little bit of the Kentucky Derby. You know, most exciting two he minutes. He also told sports. you not to mention that. He did, but I mean, I'm not editing that out. Gosh. That's good stuff. Come on, come on. That's fair game. He it was is, on the. It's fair is game. It? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Time for our players of the week. We'll start off with you, William. Who do we got for men's? Um, the most exciting forty minutes. See, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to leave it alone because that, that's your thing. But um, Eastern Kentucky, uh, Michael Moreno uh, was our player of the week. He averaged 17.5 points, 5.5 rebounds and two assists on the week. Shot 47.4% from long range in those two wins by Eastern Kentucky. Um, he got his first player of the week award, uh, the second all-time for EKU. And Isaiah Cozart was our newcomer of the week. Um, he helped, obviously, uh, defensively. In those wins, he had um, five blocks against Stetson, three blocks against FGCU. I mean, he's the current leader, 2.2 blocks per game. So the defense of EKU, which Coach Hamilton told us is, is what they pride themselves on, Isaiah Kozar is a, a big part of that. So he took home his first career newcomer of the week. And this was the second of the season for EKU to take home the newcomer of the week. So they swept the awards. They swept the weekend. I, I, I'm at the party. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. It. I'm glad you're here. Not as many people here as I would have liked, yeah. but I mean, How, I mean, but party's uh, been going on for a while. I, I don't let this. Your, your. I know you're handing out invitations to the party. Yeah. But don't, don't let this interfere with your, your. My pick. No, nah, your, 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 your lifetime pass to the bandwagon over in Florence, Alabama. Don't, don't. Right. Don't let this interfere. Right. Uh, I'm, we're, that's intact. Okay. Uh, I just I'm not like, going to mess with that. Don't, yeah. Anybody watching, I'm. Hey, we I'm just still we need there. to make sure that's consistent. I'm still there. All just, right. you know, I, I got to find other interests too, you know? It's not replacing you. Is that right, it's not ex exactly. Yeah. It's not replacing. It's like when you get another dog. I don't love my other dog less that I already had. Mm. I just, I got another dog. I got another dog. Needed okay. a friend. Right, needed a friend. <laughs> needed oh, a friend. friend, exactly. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, I think something that's also important with Cozart, I talked with Coach before the Kennesaw State game. And he said, this guy's finding his love for the game again. And when a big man that's that big, that productive, that talented can do it, he had eight blocks against Queens. Their home, their, I believe their home opener, or road opener, excuse me, uh, I believe in Charlotte, had eight blocks, the most in program history for a single game. That guy's legit. That might not be the last time we see him on those awards. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, we've got a lot of, a lot of names that are coming in. I mean, we, we talked about Stetson's got – one of the most exciting people to watch uh, as a newcomer bring it, bring it to the conference. I mean, Brown. we've got a lot of new yep. talent that are coming into the A-Sun and really making – I mean, the men's basketball season is exciting. I Man, mean, these teams it's are been just – It's been awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great to watch. So let's keep it going. All right, Mike. 
All right, well, this week uh, we only had two award winners, but we kind of foreshadowed it a little bit ago. That's because one of our players, Bellarmine's Gracie Merkel, has done it again. She's got Freshman of the Week and Player of the Week for the second time this season, and she earned her fifth Freshman Award, which ironically is the fifth all-time for the Knights. So big-time players coming to the program. She's grabbing those awards quickly. And you know what? Both of these players really tore the nets off off the rim because Merkel was 23-27, of 85.2% from the floor, while she put up 32 against EKU in their opening matchup because she averaged 29 points, 16.5 boards, and 2.5 blocks as they split 1-1 in last week's two-game set there against the Colonels. And then Shamari Hale... Newcomer of the Week from Austin P. It was her first career Newcomer of the Week selection. The initial honor there for Austin P. in history, so congratulations for that. She helped the Govs with a 2-0 week over Jacksonville State and Kennesaw State. Made 77.8% of her shots, 14-18, and had a 20.10 rebound outing against the previously mentioned Gamecocks. And one quick note, that was the first 20.10 rebound double-double by a Gov since November 2019. I have a question. Please. Can I ask one question? You're a co-host. We all have equal power. All right. I didn't want to mess with the format. You no. Know? I mean, you're... No, the format is yes. is already dead. All right. Those are guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Suggestions. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, can she be player of the year? We spoke about this off the air. Mm-hmm. Now... Can I- Merkel win player of the year if Bellerman missed... Yeah, tournament. If, if 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 I mean right now they there there's an uphill battle. Obviously it's early. Things can turn around. They can easily find themselves in one of those ten spots to get into the postseason. Yeah. But if they just a were, question. Yeah, just, just a, a question. question. Hypothetical. If, if, yeah, and, and I think I think my question is is like you said is is a little bit more detailed than can she just be player of the year? Can she end up being player of the year if they don't make the postseason? Right. I mean it's a regular season award. Right. It, it comes down to the coaches and how much do you value the winning alongside the individual performances? Because there's not much more she could do if she continues this trek. There's and they nothing don't, and they, more she could do. Right. And they don't make the postseason. There is no further she could have taken. Again, this is a complete hypothetical. But, I, I mean, that begs, that begs a great question. My personal opinion, I would have no problem voting for her. But I don't get a vote. But that, that's just my personal opinion. It's going to be really hard. You're going to have those tough conversations if she can. I mean, not even to say that she's doing this because this is outrageous. But if she continues, <laughs> yeah, anywhere close to twenty and ten against everyone, I mean, that's going to be a hard question to answer because if she's not slowed down to a point by anybody in this league, I don't know how you can seriously not consider her. But I think making the tournament definitely helps. We want to see the best players in the A Sun Championship, obviously. So I think that'd be wonderful for her her to be able to have that stage. But so man, I let me let me okay let me, let me run it down. Cup is she freshman of the year? Yeah. Who else are you gonna put there? <laughs> yeah. Is she newcomer freshman. of the year? Now is there a caveat where newcomer has to be an, a non freshman? Potentially, I don't know. I might have to dig deep in that. We'd have to. I, I would assume so. So it we'll might, take. It we'll, might have to be a, tra- a transfer. We'll take newcomer out. Who's the defensive player of the year? Might be Grace Merkel. 
I think it's 1v1 on that one with Skylar Gill. So you've got the hands-down freshman. Could she sweep? You've, you're saying me. You're saying she just, and I'm not saying she's not defensive player of the year as of right now. Right. So, could she win all four? <laughs> I mean, is that possible? What, what did we re- we read uh, last week? She already has 150 blocks or something like that. I, I, I'm just asking. Like, man, this is turning. I mean, into the, the question got deeper. Yeah. Now that we're, I mean, because we can agree that. No, I can't be right. I'm. I'm getting too excited now. Right. You're probably a little excited, but she's exciting to watch. I mean, she's dominant. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> man, that's a great question. And 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 does all that? How much of that goes out of the window if they don't make the postseason? Right. I mean, I could see obviously you can a freshman, but this now I think her being eligible for those other awards could hurt her for her Player of the Year case. Because I think a coach could easily sit there and say, "Well, if she's I'm already getting this. if she's already getting these, uh, these she even can't be the even just one award, home. right? Right. If she's yeah. already getting this. Then I'm going to go with this because she's already going to get recognized. Gotcha. That could be the. I mean, if I were voting, that would probably be my mindset. But if she's good enough to win all four, that would also be cool too. <laughs> I just just throwing it out there. That's a great. That's a great idea. All right, Mike. Time for our standout stats. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one off. This is a quick one for me. Looking at Kennesaw State men's basketball, I don't know what it is about what Coach Amir Abdurrahim does in the locker room, but when they come out, they are the best team in the league so far in conference play. Twice, they have had 20-plus runs with single digits scored by the other team coming out of the break. First, their home opener against Central Arkansas, 29-6 to run coming out of halftime. 29 to 6. That wins you the game, and that won them the game. A lopsided score beating the Bears. And then last time out against UNF, they needed this run because UNF has been a team that has bitten them in the butt the last few times that they've played, going back even a few years at this point. 21 to 7 run coming out of halftime against a very good UNF team. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's saying to his guys in the locker room, but it's working. And when you have runs like that coming out of the locker room, I mean, you're playing garbage time in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the motiv- master motivator. Uh, he's something. The words right <laughs> out of my mouth. He's got going on is, is, is he's getting the guys fired up and they're coming. I mean, and, and I think that looking at EKU and KSU, KSU gave EKU the, the one loss that they had. Uh, we talked about that before, the four-point win they had. I mean, Kennesaw State – Outside of that ridiculous shot at North could be, Florida, could be undefeated. They could be undefeated, right? Um, so you saying that they're, I mean, in the whole, like I said, that that overall top to bottom men's basketball is 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 loaded. But when you get to that top, it's it's it's, and I think that's going to keep it so interesting to the end because you they could beat each other like any. They're just when they're going right. out there, it's, they're keeping it um, keeping it close. And and Kennesaw State, obviously, they're extremely dangerous at home and with that stature laying out that he's just able to get his his troops fired up to come out in the half and just blitz you like that there's not much i mean you know 29 to 6 again if the game is close at that point now the game's over right it's it's over yeah (laughs) and and if if you were down by that much you do that right if you were down like the other team was like oh well we just blew a 30 point lead like you know so the chargers Wow. I had to get that one in there. Yeah. Had to. You feel had good to. about that? I, oh, I feel great. <laughs> I feel great about I know it. You do. All right, Mike, standout stat for you. 
Hey, and way to say that I bring up the Chiefs and we indirectly celebrate Jacksonville. The, the Chiefs, there we I go. didn't bring up the Chiefs. <laughs> you did indirectly because you hate the Chargers, so that, there we go. But, but anyway, back, back to women's basketball before we head to the Chiefs game on Sunday against Jacksonville. <laughs> so our standout stat for women's basketball, what do you know? Gracie Merkel taking over potentially all of the awards that we spoke about. But she's here in the standout stat as well. Imagine that. <laughs> so our, our standout stat for today, looking at shooting percentage, not just in the A-Sun, but nationally. The A-Sun, with Bellarmine making their transition still, Gracie's ineligible for these statistics nationally. But if you put them together, Gracie Merkel leads the country in field goal percentage at 725 and second place, Maya Berkman of Liberty at 70.3. So we have the top two shot makers right now in the country. Both of them are in the A-Sun, and both of them are six foot three and taller, and both of them are going to go head-to-head here pretty soon. Yeah, you give me the ball, I'm going to score seven out of ten times. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, good. you put that in a baseball analogy. I mean, you're... Oh, man. <laughs> you're Barry Bonds times two. <laughs> But I, I, I'm just—it's it, so impressive what Berkman's been here before. She's she's been at the top of the nation standings, but it's just so impressive to see both of these girls and Merkel obviously coming in her first year. The splash that she's made. Berkman continues to be dominant down low. I mean, I I can't wait to see those two go at it, and just to have the A Sun represented at the top when you're over seventy. Yeah, I mean that's a huge problem for defenses. I don't care what league you're in, that's that's something that kids only dream about, and we have two of them that do it now. Well, we teased it earlier. Now it's time to get our to our coach interview with Coach A.W. Hamilton and our A-Sun Games of the Week here on the other side. Welcome back to the A-Sun Game Day podcast. Jordan Griffith, William Hall, Mike DeVader, and A.W. Hamilton, EKU men's basketball coach, joining us. Coach, appreciate you joining here for the first time. Also, our first guest since Ted Gumbart all the way back when we first started this thing. So, again, appreciate you joining. And you guys have been playing incredible basketball lately. We have a few questions for you. My first one, we like to appeal to the common fan here at the A-Sun for some audience members who haven't seen your team play, you guys claim to have the most exciting 40 minutes in sports. Can you exactly explain what that means? Well, we, we play an exciting brand of basketball. You know, we want to get up and down. Uh, we want to guard 94 feet. You know, our thing is, you know, we want to lead the league in scoring, steals, forced turnovers, and assists. And, um, and when I got to Eastern, I was like, you know, we, we got to energize the fan base. That's what we needed to do. That was, you know, the, we were – we, we didn't have a lot of life. We needed to, to pump some excited, excitement in, into the, the, the university and energy around the program. So in Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby is the most exciting two minutes in sports. So I actually stole that from them. Don't tell them. I hope nobody's watching, you know. But so I was like, we'll be the most exciting 40 minutes in sports. Um, so our fans, they absolutely love it. You know, we've had – the last two years, we broke the school record most season tickets ever sold. We had the biggest crowd in the last 20 years 
uh, when we played Western this year. Um, you know, I think right now we lead the league in attendance. And, and you can feel the energy when you're in our building. You know, they they love our style of play. And, and for our guys, though, you know, it, it's not – we're not an offensive team. We're a defensive team. You know, we want to dive on every loose ball. We want to take charges. We want to press. We want to get after you. Um, but for the fans, they see it, and, you know, we shoot a bunch of threes, and it's fun to watch. And But it, it's our defense right now that's leading to us playing good offense. I mean, the team is definitely entertaining. Um, the second year here in the A-Sun, made the championship last year, off to a great start here in early conference play. So um, what would you say is the the biggest factor in this, this great start that you've had? What do you think is really playing into that? Outside of, I know you said the defense is something that you're really focused on, but what else have, has your team brought to you this, you know, had led to this early success? Well, you, I think any great team, you got to be a player-led program. And what that means is is everybody's got to be able to hold themselves accountable. And if you can hold yourself accountable, you can have great carryover and you can get better and you can continue to improve. And that's what we needed so bad this year because we have so many young guys. You know, at, at the point guard position, we're playing freshmen. And their ability to hold themselves accountable, uh, take coaching, be invested in the film room and learn and learn and learn and then have great carryover – you know, it, it's been it, – that's really what's really helped us, not just on offense but on defense. And, and uh, then we have some really good veteran players. You know, Michael Marino, seventh in the country in threes. You know, Tay-Tay Blanton is, is having a phenomenal year. And then Cooper Robb, you know, sometimes you look at Cooper Robb's stats and you're like, God, he's playing over 30 minutes a game. He, You know, he's only getting nine, nine, ten points a game. But the things that he does – they don't show up on the stat sheet. I mean, the kid is the toughest kid I've ever coached. I mean, you know, he he's he can really guard. He makes winning plays. So those veteran guys have been really good for our young guys. And then our young guys are just they continue to get better. You know, they they just they love to play. They love to be coached, and and they hold themselves accountable. You know, they they're this team, this group, they they don't point fingers. You know, they don't, you know, they're not that type of group. They they want to be coached. They love me coaching them. Even they love when I, you know, you know, maybe break a board or something every now and then. You know, they love that. They feed off that. And that's that's what gives you a chance to have a really good basketball team. And coach, you kind of talked about the qualities that you have there and what it kind of takes with that player-led program, but diving a little bit more into the individual side of things, what kind of qualities do you look for your program in a potential player or in the players that are coming into your program to be successful? I think you got to have kids that love to play basketball and that are competitive. You know, you got to have that, you know, because, you know, playing college basketball, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's, 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 you know, you practice in 20 hours a week, you got to balance your academics, your social life with the basketball, um, you know, so it, it's hard. And then, you know, so they got to love to play. They got to love to play. And then they got to be competitive. And when you got those two things and you get a kid that's got great character, you know, you 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 get a player that's going to be a really good player in your program. And that's what we got. We got we got great young people. You know, these guys, I mean, you know, they do their job in the classroom. They limit distractions. Um, and then when you're able to limit distractions and you can focus, you know, uh, your attention on basketball, you know, it gives you a chance to be a really good player. 
Oh, well, coach, I can say you have the early candidacy for celebration of the year after the Liberty game coming into the locker room with the water going, going all over the place. And again, that kind of contributes to the energy you were talking about. You obviously inject it into your team. And something that I've been impressed with so far, uh, opposed to last year's team, is this year's team, you guys can win in so many different ways, and you're doing that. You're showing that right now. You can win close. You can win big. How is that kind of the versatility, the depth, all of that kind of factoring in played into that success you guys have seen so far? Well, our depth is very critical for us because we play an up-tempo system um, and we like to press for 94 feet. And, and pressing, it's, you know, like our last game, We I think we only turned Stetson over a few times. We only came up with a couple steals. But you just apply pressure nonstop to try to wear them down and put them in short shot clock situations. So our depth, our ability to rotate guys in and out has been critical for us. You know, every coach says is going to say the same thing. you got to win nowadays in the transfer portal. You know, that's part of recruiting. Mm -hmm. So we signed five high school guys, but you also got to win in the portal. Uh, and we got Isaiah Cozart and Darden Capiti out of the portal. You know, those get those both of those guys are, are having great seasons for us. You know, Cozart's almost averaging a double-double in league play, but it's not that. It's what he's doing, you know, changing shots and blocking shots. You know, when you got a guy who can block shots like that, he, he makes the guard – he saves the guard. You know, I was a guard back in the day. You know, you get beat off the bounce and somebody, you know, takes you to the basket and you got a five that can block shots or change the shot. You know, he gives us that presence. So, Coach, um, I know you, you mentioned your uh, your veteran returners. You mentioned Michael earlier. Obviously, our A-Sun Player of the Week, uh, well-deserved. Um, just talk about him coming back this year. I mean, he's he's up to scoring. He's up to his, his field goal shooting. He's shooting better from three as opposed to last year. So what changes did you see in him in the offseason and that he's bringing to the squad this year? Well, you know what Michael did is he changed his body in the offseason. You know, and and the work is showing now. You know what he what his commitment was starting last spring. I mean, he played our, our last game last year. He was over two hundred and forty pounds. You know, he's playing at around two fifteen now. So you know, he's getting off slip cuts better. You know, he's he's creating more separation when he does a sprint away or we do a pick and pop situation. Um, he's able to play longer stretches in the game. And he's he's playing much better defense. Uh, so his commitment to his body uh, is what's elevated his his play. And Michael, look, he's I, I showed Michael yesterday. He's going to end up going down as one of the top five scores in school history at EKU. He'll be top five in steals, top five in rebounding, and he'll be the number one three point shooter in school history. You know, he's just he's put together such a phenomenal career. You know, and it's because he he's a great young person. Like, he, I mean, he's, you know, he's the president of SAC at EKU. He does all the right things off the floor. He's got over a 3.5 GPA. He just, he's that type of young person. You know, he's a special one. Hey, Coach, when looking kind of back at your career or currently right now, what, what kind of coaches did you look up to and what kind of coaches in your mind maybe helped mold the coach that you are today? You know, I, I was lucky at the time. I didn't know this, um, but when I was – I went I go to Wake Forest. <laughs> I play for Dave Odom. Dave Odom leaves. Skip Prosser comes in. I play for Skip Prosser. 
Then I transfer. I go to Marshall. I play for Greg White. Greg White leaves. He goes to the University of Charleston. Then I play for Ron Jerson. So, like, I played for four different staffs. And, you know, I have such great relationships with all of them. You know? And then, you know, I had a chance to play for Kevin Keats. And I worked for Kevin Keats for so long that, you know, he's been like a father to me. So, you know, there's so many people that have impacted my life. And that, that's why I wanted to get into coaching, you know, because, it you know, my coaches, I was so blessed to have the right people coach me that genuinely cared about me beyond basketball. And that's what you do this for. You know, I mean, I want to win every game, you know, but I want these guys to have a great experience. I want to get them. I want them to get their college degree and, and do the things in life that they want to do. Gotcha, Coach. Uh, just two two more questions for me. I think we'll wrap it up here again. I appreciate you joining us. Not to look too far ahead, but I have to assume a conference championship in the tournament is one of the goals for you guys. If that were to happen for EKU, why would that happen? Well, if it happens for us, you know, it, it's it'll be just our continued ability to be invested in what we're doing and stay in the course, you know, because seasons are long, you know, and it's easy for a team to say, Oh, I'm, I'm getting tired or, you know, you're, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm a little banged up. I, I can't perform tonight. You know, it's, it's, that's an easy way out. So just our continued to, uh, you know, investment in what we're doing, uh, staying together, which is what I love about this team because you know, you talk about this when you're a coach or, or you're leading an organization, whatever it is. You say you want to be a family, all right? Well, what what does a family have? A family has love. They make sacrifices, and that's what these guys do for each other. Like if you watch our guys play, they celebrate each other. They love each other. Um, and I told them in the beginning in our first meeting, I said, my goal is, you know, everybody wants to win the championship. But my goal is if we lose our last game, that I want all 14 guys, every coach, every manager, my athletic director, the president, whoever's in that locker room to be crying because we were that invested. And if we do that, we got a chance. Yeah, that's fair. So um, looking at the season, you guys are nine and one at home, two and five on the road, three straight you know, great games at home, beat some of the top teams in, in the league right, right now, uh, named mid-major team of the week. How do you take that same uh, momentum, that confidence, and you're going on the road now going to Lipscomb and Austin P. How does how do you, uh, as a coach, motivate and translate that to take that same uh, passion on the road and, and pick up these road wins? Yeah, I mean, if you can't win on the road, you can't win the championship. You can't do it. So, you know, our defense has to travel. We got to continue to share the basketball, you know, and if we do we do those things, we'll give ourselves a chance to win win on the road. And, and what it is is it's a four-minute game. You know, Lenny's got a great team. You know, Lenny's team is shooting over 49% from the field. You know, that's a high number, you know, so we got to be able to guard Lipscomb. You know, they got a great offensive team. They're guarding much better. They, you know – so, but we got to be able to do those little things to give us ourselves a chance to win on the road. And coach, kind of going off of that as well, what kind of obstacles do you think you might have to face in the future? And what do you hope that your team's able to overcome trying to chase down that championship later on in the season? Well, you, you know, when, when you have success, you can't let the kids in the group of guys think that it's easy or, 
You can't relax. Uh, we got to continue to play with a chip on our shoulder. And if we do that, again, we'll have a chance because we got the right group of guys. So our, our guys staying hungry is going to be critical, which I have no doubt that they 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 will. All right, any other basketball-related questions before we get to the last one, guys? Either one of you. <laughs> no, Jordan, just That's take it off the rails. I, I know you got something, so go for it. Of course, of course. And, Coach, I think you're, you'll have a great answer to this one. So I have a would you rather for you. Uh, last question before we let you go. Would you rather fly but only indoors – or you can fly anywhere, but you have to fly feet first. <laughs> Man, that's tough. You know, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe fly anywhere feet first. I might do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree. How do you how do you come up with that? That's I mean. Yeah, you, you know, that's just a, a game I used to play. The old job I had, we'd, we'd work in a warehouse. We'd be putting stuff in envelopes, and we'd come up with with crazy stupid stuff like that so. i love it i'm gonna do that with my team i love how i love that yeah it, it's quite a good one well coach best of luck this season thank you so much for joining the podcast thanks guys y'all have a good day thanks, thanks, you, too. You too. Welcome back to A-Sun Game Day. A huge shout-out and thank you to Coach A.W. Hamilton for joining the podcast. An incredible conversation we were able to have and insight as to what's been going right for EKU so far this season. But guys, our games of the week, we'll start with the men's. Kennesaw State at Stetson, William. What can you tell me about that? Um, I think this is uh, another one of those games. I mean, at, at this point in the season, um, in conference play, we're looking at every game kind of like as a test seeing where teams are, especially teams are at the top. So you got two five-and-one teams, uh, Kennesaw State. Obviously, they're on the 10-game winning streak at home, 8-0 this season on their own floor, 3-5 and five on the road. It's a chance to see what they do on the road. I mean, and then Stetson is 4-0 at home. They're coming off that loss to EKU, their first conference loss. Um, I'm just curious to see how Stetson bounces back and how Kennesaw State can keep their momentum. I mean, obviously, both of these teams – they're playing well early in the season. I mean, I think the last three games in the in the series have gone Kennesaw State's way. So there's that. I mean, it's I think they've won the last three, Stetson won the three before that. So it's, it's kind of even, especially when they're playing down there in Florida. So I just kind of want to see this this test of we just um, looking at is Stetson able to bounce back and keep that momentum and like, okay, yeah, the Hatters are still there. And can Kennesaw State take that momentum that they've – built at home and take it on the road. They've been, you know, almost 500 on the road. Stetson's been pretty good at home. Um, but I think this probably is the toughest test Stetson is gonna ha has had on their home floor so far with this hot Kennesaw State team coming in. So I'm really interested in seeing what, what that one's going to be. Yeah, I like it. One of those teams has a chance to really separate themselves there at the top. All right, on the women's side, North Alabama versus Austin P. Mike. Well, there's a lot of stats that I can go through that we like to do on a daily basis, but we're going to keep this one short. Uh, North Alabama against Austin P. I, I kind of want to see. Obviously, they play Saturday, so we got to see them get by uh, their matchups with Lipscomb and UCA, respectively, uh, before here before Saturday comes. But I'm kind of looking at the women's basketball standings, kind of like a horse race so far, and I want to see 
how this plays out. Do the leaders stay in front? Does North Alabama, who started slow in the back of the field, are they about to make their run now with their good defense, with their offense that likes to shoot threes because they shoot threes. Austin P doesn't necessarily like to do that. They both like to play defense. So looking at uh, Heine Suzuki, who averages 15.4 points a game against against Miss Johnson, I want to see if what that matchup's like. But defensively, is Skylar Gill going to be able to create that culture that she had last year where teams aren't necessarily too excited to go down the lane against UNA? I don't think we really saw that at the beginning of the year. And they kind of fell into a hole a little bit. But I want to see, can UNA start forcing their will on other teams and make that push that we thought they might be doing in the beginning of the year because they're a little behind to where I thought they'd be in the standings right now. Let's see if they can get the ball rolling, get towards the top. I'm on the UNA bandwagon. I'm not sure about Jordan. I am as well. That's where I am. But You have multiple? Yeah. He's on that bandwagon. Uh, He's in the EKU party. Uh, Right. (laughs) There you go. I I have an honorable mention, game of the week. Yes. Liberty at Jacksonville. Okay. I think that's that's another one that's that's going to be good to watch. I mean that twenty one game winning streak at home for Jacksonville, coming up against Liberty. Liberty still Liberty. Right. <laughs> um, they beat them there last year, so I think that's a, that's a, that's going to be a good test for the for the Dolphins. Well, let's keep it on men's basketball. Asun Williams top se- top seven power rankings. Last week was you know. I mean, it was a slaughterhouse in here between the three of us. It got, it got physical. <laughs> it is, yeah. Hey, you, you were going to war for the, going I got to war the colonels. I was attacked, yeah. you know. I, I felt I had to defend myself. I don't remember that. What do you got this week? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, starting number seven, uh, Jacksonville. I think they're still um, they're playing well. Kind of middle of the, middle of the pack for me. I, it, was, it, was, it was close. Lipscomb is very close to cracking that top seven to me. Um, yeah, I, I like what the Bisons are doing right now. Um, next, I went up to FGCU. They started off hot. They stumbled as of late. I still think they're one of the better teams, but I've got them at number six. Uh, number five is Queens. Number four, I've got Stetson. Again, that, that loss to EKU dropped them down a little bit. I don't think they're going anywhere, though. I still think they're in the mix. Um, Kennesaw State is three. Um it was tough. The top three was tough for me. Yeah. Uh, put KSU three. Don't don't hate me. Top three is pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, number two is – I went Liberty number two. It doesn't hurt me to do that. Okay. Because I know you, you're, you're looking and you got this look on the face. Like, yeah, I, I knew I was right. You just want to hear it, don't you? I do. Number one was Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. Oh, Whoa, <laughs> crazy! Watch this. <laughs> crazy how that what a, what can change in one week, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, just a reminder: they're they're not the standings, so of course it can change one week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I changed like the wind. Eastern Kentucky, they're here, man. They are. I mean, I, they 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 look impressive right now. Uh, I, again, like I said earlier, that that top of that top seven, I think they they're. The games could play out this week and next week they could be in a whole different order because it's just teams are playing playing good. But right now EKU has looked solid across all six of their conference games. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's my power rankings for, for for better or worse. 
We'll yeah. stick it to it. I think it shows a lot of good, good parity we have going on right now because if you go on the road, especially if you don't play your A game, you could go down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Mike, your top seven. Okay, so looking at my power rankings for women's basketball, top seven here, uh, number seven and six stay the same with Jacksonville at seven, KSU at number six. Uh, number five, we got Eastern Kentucky dropping just a little bit to number five. They've lost two at three, so they're at five for me. I think their offense is still good enough. Their team is good enough to continue that climb. Uh, Liberty moves up just a touch to number four. They've won three out of four. Let's see if they can get the ball rolling and keep the momentum. And number three, top three for me, we got uh, a new member here. Austin P shows up at four and one. They've won three in a row. They beat a couple teams that were in last week's standings. So you knock somebody out, you get to come back in. They made their first appearance. Like I said, they've won three in a row. Lipscomb ha- did did drop one of their games, so they're at the top of the standings in a tie still with Austin P at four and one. But I have them at number two. They rebounded nicely versus JSU. And I mean, I don't even really need to say who's number one right now, but <laughs> till they take some, till that crown gets taken off their head, FGC will remain there. And let's see what happens as we move into the next week. All right, appreciate it. The Power Rankings brought to you by Mike DeVader and William Hall. Now time for the A-Sun preview. Tennis started up last weekend. FGCU men's got a couple of wins. Of course, I'm going to mention men's first, but both in full swing here. Uh, softball fan vote actually going to be announced here today, so make sure to get your votes in. If you're listening back in time, that doesn't make sense to ask them to vote when it's already over. I'm already said it. doesn't matter, so we're moving past it. <laughs> Softball fan vote winner announced today, and women's lacrosse, all that starting up next week as well. So spring right around the corner, right around the corner. And Looking start, forward to we've it. We've started baseball nominations for preseason awards as well. So There you go. We're getting into it. Absolutely. All right, guys. It's time. It's yeah. trivia time. It's trivia time. William, you have a 2-0 lead already. What the heck, man? I, I guess, you know, I just guess. That, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah it's, that's it's, that's part of it. That's the science. Yep. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for, for this week? I am. All yeah, right, let's go for Trust it. Trust your gut, Mike. Trust your gut this time. Yeah, all, right? I, all I did last week was talk William into the right answer, and I didn't yeah. say it. So I mean, there you go. That's fine. All right. You're my, you're my <laughs> secret. I can't talk to you. I'm sorry. This one is quick. We have to go it's, to other, other rooms. This one is quick. Okay. And you're going to have questions that I, I will have after the answer. What? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Blank nearly caused a nuclear explosion in 2013. A, a typhoon. B, a misplaced pen. C, jellyfish, or D, termites? One of these things nearly caught, didn't happen, nearly caused a nuclear explosion back in 2013. Which one is it? Man, this is a vague question. Yeah, it is. No, you guys, I mean, dead silence from you guys, huh? I mean, I, he's waiting for me to talk to him, so I'm kind of confused on what I need to do. Cause. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I have, <laughs> I can, I can make logical. Then go ahead. Reasons for more than one of them. So. Okay. Where was this? Um, I actually don't know that. 
Oh, well, see, I need to know because if you tell me what happened, <laughs> okay. if, if it was like California, you're gonna have to guess. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this was this was <laughs> this was in New York. It's I I don't know that I, I did know. not know, but I know what caused it. <laughs> see, I need more facts. I mean, I guess I don't. I, I, it's yeah, trivia, I was gonna say, you but it's kind of it. like this is random. This isn't volunteer. This is well. I don't know. Well, it almost caused a, a nuclear explosion. Right. A typhoon or a termite or a jellyfish. Or a misplaced or pen. Or a misplaced pen. I don't know. Jellyfish. This might be my best one so far. This, this is pretty good. Yeah. Because it's so vague. Jellyfish. Yeah. Okay. Mike. I mean, when in doubt, pick the craziest one on the list, I suppose. But uh, I think I'm down to two. I think I'm down between misplaced pen and termites. Obviously, I think what termites is a good pick. William is talking about is depending on what part of the country is, termites could cause a lot of damage. Obviously, I think they're all over the place. But I mean, especially more dangerous in different areas. But I mean. I just don't know. I'm, I've been holding this pen all day. I'm thinking. <laughs> How dangerous could it be? Man, if I had a switchboard that was right here and controlled all this stuff, and I accidentally dropped it down a ledge, it nearly nearly hit this button, and I almost set off a nuclear explosion. Could ha- It could happen. I'm going to say B, a misplaced pen, because I accidentally dropped my pen down there, and we almost all uh, got in big trouble. <laughs> All right, so misplaced pen and jellyfish. Are we locking these in? I want to do termites. Termites. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Locked in. Termites, yeah. misplaced pen. I need a verbal confirmation. Yeah, whatever. I gotta leave. I just I can, I can I can I can I can take a hill. <laughs> All right. All of a sudden, I just started, I'm getting a point this week. I just started feeling bad. Right. It was jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many jellyfish in the in I guess this ocean that it clogged up the filters that cooled down the nuclear reactor and nearly caused a nuclear explosion. So that is your answer. I still don't know where it is. I'm sorry. And that probably would have leaned you one way or the other. But yeah, uh, that I, makes sense because it's not a nuclear launch like what the pen would have done. So Yeah. And I, a misplaced pen, I mean, I don't know how I made that one up. It just felt like it felt like that was exactly like you said, too crazy not to be true. So I threw that in there. Well, right, at, right as you yeah. said confirmation, I didn't feel very good about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull the mic. I even said you did. You did. And and he was, almost went. He almost went three and zero. Oh. That's unbelievable. Thank you. Unbelievable. It was. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. As always, the best note to end on trivia: George Griffith, Mike DeVader, William Hall. We will see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>